The college basketball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now offering a Bet the Underdog special. Betters will receive a $25 free bet for every $50 winning wager on, on underdogs greater than plus 300. That's a free $25 bet on top of your winnings. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app for your chance to win $3,000 in the DGEN dance. Welcome to a new episode of the College Basketball Experience. And you may be thinking to yourself, whoa, this is a new voice. This isn't quite Colby. That's right. I'm your host, Noah Beanick. You can follow me on Twitter at 70, the number 7 NB. And I'm joined by Nick Famalant. Did I get Famalant correct, Nick? Yeah, it's close enough. We'll run with it. Damn. Okay. You can follow Nick at CBB Nick on Twitter. Um, we recorded a Twitter space yesterday. We thank you all for listening to it. We had about 30 listeners live until the sports gambling podcast went live on YouTube. Um, and they said, Hey, these guys did great. We want to get them onto the TCE. So we thank you guys for building the foundation for us and allowing us to get to be able to record um, what we want to uh, cover for you guys. So we're going to no intro. That's it. Uh, you guys just want to hear us talk about college basketball. So what we plan on doing is having two podcast episodes, one covering the left side of the bracket, which is the strong side, left side, strong side, the West and the East regionals. And then in the second podcast, we'll cover the South and the Midwest regionals. Um, what we plan on doing is going through every first round game and picking against the spread on every game and giving you some insight on bets and locks that we have for those games. Then we're going to come back and we're going to give you the uh, bracket predictions that we have getting all the way to the uh, winners of the regionals. And we'll sprinkle in a couple of futures that we like in the bracket as well. Um, Nick, anything you'd like to say before we get this thing rolling? I'm just so excited for March Madness. This is my favorite time of the year. I'm sure it's everyone's favorite time of the year. These games are going to be awesome and, and let's get it started. Yeah, we got a real tournament this year and real destinations with fans. So there's nothing better than that, but a close runner-up is the D-Gen Dance provided to you by the SGPN app. We are giving away $3,000 in the Ultimate March Madness Handicap Contest. The D-Gen Dance. Start March Madness with 10,000 credits, using them to bet on your favorite March Madness bets. And whoever has the most credits when March Madness ends uh, wins $2,500 for first place and $500 for second, exclusively all in the SGPN app. Are you looking for a sweet SGPN hoodie or other merchandise? 
every day merch madness uh SUPN will be holding in the app. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash merch madness to enter that sports gambling podcast slash merch madness. So every day throughout March Madness we'll be giving away a hoodie. That's basically what that is. The college basketball experience is brought to you by Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part about it is there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about the horses? Don't worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner circle. Play, race, win. Let's get into the games here. Uh, the one versus 16 matchup in the West, we have Big Bad Gonzaga playing in Portland, Oregon against the 16 seed Georgia State that Colby says is one of the best 16 seeds he's ever seen in his life. This team enters the tournament at 18 and 10, going up against Mark Few's Bulldogs bunch at 26 and 3. Nick, what are you seeing in this matchup? Uh, this is a classic Gonzaga game where they're the one seed. They're they're projected to stomp out the 16 seed. I do uh, agree with Colby Sessman. Georgia State is a very good team. They're entering the tournament on a very very hot streak, um, but it, it's too hard to go against Gonzaga, especially in the first round. Is it hard to go against them against the spread? Gonzaga is minus 23 in this matchup. I think that. Uh, throughout the season, Gonzaga has been seeing these mid-20s spreads against bottom-tier West Coast Conference teams, and they've been covering them pretty easily, in my opinion. Georgia State, I don't think, is any better than some of these bottom-tier WCC teams. I'm going to lay the 23.5, but I'm not too confident. I won't lock it. How about you? Yeah, I agree. I usually always go against Gonzaga in the first round because that spread is just so big, but uh, I do like them to cover the spread in this one. I think they get the job done. Game two in the West Regional, we have the eight seed Boise State playing in Portland, Oregon. That fan base will travel for this game to play the AAC number two seed Memphis. They're 21 and 10 coming into the season. The Broncos of Boise State are 27 and 7. Um, this game will play before the Gonzaga game, 1.45 p.m. Eastern time, March 17th on TNT. Gonzaga will follow 30 minutes after on TNT. Uh, Memphis, Boise State, what do you like in this game, Nick? Uh, I do like Memphis in the spot. I think they are a very, very good team. I know they lost out to Houston in the championship game in the AAC, but um, before that, they were on a six-game winning streak, and I think they kind of caught wind. They they found who they are as a team, and they've been rolling. So I'm going to back the Tigers here. Yeah, man. Uh, I think Memphis has been one of the hottest teams coming into the March Madness tournament, and they got humbled against Houston in the AAC Conference Tournament Championship game. I don't see the momentum carrying through against Boise State, though. The Broncos traditionally are a very good defensive-oriented team. Um, this Broncos team rates really well in creating turnovers, 
and Memphis is 352nd in taking care of the ball. That is offensive turnover rate, which is offensive possessions ending in a turnover. They have 23% of their offensive possessions ending with a turnover. Um, turnovers, 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 home court advantage, a lot of pressure on these young freshman NBA guards. Boise State gets the win, and they cover the plus two and a half. Are you confident in laying two and a half with Memphis? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and lay it. I do agree with you that Memphis does have problems turning the ball over, but I do trust their defense uh, as well. And if they can stop those turnovers just a little bit, um, that I think they will be able to squeak out a win here. Yeah, and you will see me or you'll hear me harp uh, good guard play and experienced guard play is what helps you win these early first, second round matchups in March Madness. Senior Marcus Shaver, he has like five game winners this season. Max Rice Jr., Abu Khabib, or Kigab, something like that. Um, three guards that are all experienced, I think, win this game with a little bit of help from the fans. Game number three in the West Regional, we have another maybe home court situation here. It's being played in Buffalo, New York. UConn Huskies, they're 23-9 and nine out of the Big East, will take on the WAC champion New Mexico State Aggies. Um, 5-12 seed. Common spot to pick an upset. Are you doing that here, Nick? This will not be my 12-5 upset of the tournament. I think UConn is just a better team here. I do like New Mexico State. I was riding them all season. They're a very good team, but I think UConn coming from the Big East, which is obviously a major conference. Um, they just have so, so much better competition all year. Um, they've been playing tough games against these Big East teams. That I think uh, UConn is just going to be too much for the Aggies to handle. I'm right there with you in agreeing that they've played better competition all year. The WAC is much improved with all these new teams being added to the league, but I really like the UConn squad. Adama Sinogo down low is one of the best big men of all of the country and probably the best big man in the Big East. Um, Teddy Allen, though, is the player that you need to watch in this matchup. Allen is a transfer from Nebraska, and he single-handedly won the Cornhuskers some games last year. This kid is a great offensive mind, a little bit wild uh, in taking care of the ball. And it reflects in the Aggies turnover rate, rating 313th in the country. UConn, they've been here. They have the home court advantage, what it will be a good uh, Husky fan base traveling maybe five hours to Buffalo, New York, to watch their team maybe get to the Sweet 16. I like this outlook um, and situation for the UConn Huskies. Um, what is the spread here on this game? UConn is a minus six and a half point favorite. I'm going to lay the six and a half points. How about you? Yeah, I think that's just a little bit too low for this UConn team. I think they are going to win this game by 10 plus. All right. UConn may face the winner in this game, the fourth versus 13 game. Arkansas, 25 and eight out of the SEC, takes on the 13 seed. Vermont, 28 and five, your America East regular season and conference tournament champion. This game will be played 30 minutes after the UConn game on TNT on March 17th. Um, do you believe that the Catamounts can pull off an upset against the Must Bus? 
I do not. I'm a big fan of the Musk bus. I'm going to ride that bus uh, almost all the way to the end. I love Musselman. I think he's a great uh, hype-up coach. I think he is just a great players coach. He gets these guys hyped up. He gets the crowd hyped up. You see him taking his shirt off when they win games. Um, I think these kids love him. They're going to get behind him. Um, I love J.D. Note. Um, I think playing in the SEC really sets um, Arkansas up for games like this. I know Vermont is a very skilled team. They are very good. Um, they're also very hot coming into the tournament. Um, but I think I'm going to back the SEC here. So I'm against you here. I'm not quite buying the, year, the used cars that Musselman is selling me. Um, John Becker of Vermont has built a dynasty in the American East. They've won quite a few conference championships over the years he's been there. And again, experienced senior-led guard play. This lineup actually has five seniors in the starting five with Ben Shinugu, um, and Ryan Davis leading at the helm, um, both of them leading point scorers. I like the experience in this Vermont squad. And like I said, this regional be, will be played in Buffalo, New York. Vermont has a very good home crowd, and I think they can travel for this game. I think a 13 versus four upset is in the cards in Buffalo, and we could see um, a very electric scene between two home court fan bases in Buffalo, New York. Um, so what I will say is the line is plus five. This is what I'm going to do. I'm locking Vermont plus five. Plus five, minus five. Where are you at when you look at this game? I am going to lay the points with Arkansas. I think uh, we'll have a little lock off. I do like Arkansas in this spot. I think that they're going to be able to pull out this win. I think they, they just have the comp uh, the, they play against a good competition in the sec. They're set up to win games like this. So what did you tell me you were going to do? I'm locking them up. Wow. In the fourth game that we cover on this episode, it's a lock off. Not quite many of those happening on the college basketball experience ever, but we have a lock off today. Um, and on March 17th of the NCAA tournament, uh, we move to the bottom of the West regional bracket where there is a first four game being played uh, between Rutgers and Notre Dame. Now, during our Twitter space the other day, we were talking about how Notre Dame kind of seems like this odd team out. They seem like they have the 68 team. Texas A&M maybe had a better resume than them uh, coming into the tournament. Uh, maybe deserved the spot in the first four more than the Fighting Irish. Rutgers enters as the dog, so it might reflect that the Fighting Irish have something to play for here. What are you doing? It is a minus one line in favor of Notre Dame. I do agree with you where I do think maybe Texas A&M got a bit snubbed for this last spot, uh, Notre Dame catching it, but nonetheless, Notre Dame got that spot. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be a Texas A&M Aggie here and I'm going to root against them. I like Rutgers in this spot. I, I love Ron Harper Jr. I think um, Rutgers is a very good team. They really know how to play against good competition um, and this is a spot where they know they got to get this win and move on to the first round and play against Alabama. So I'm taking Rutgers and Ron Harper here. I agree with you. I think they do play to the competition that they play against. They have a couple of quad three, quad four losses in the season, but they also have many 
many good wins. They have a win on the road at Wisconsin, and they seem like they were a one seed all year when playing inside the rack or Jersey Mike's uh, arena, whatever you want to call it nowadays. Um, Rutgers plus one seems like it's the play for me. I'm going to take them to win the first four game. But when we get to this next game here against Alabama, Rutgers, I don't think, has the best matchup against Alabama. Alabama likes to shoot a lot of three balls. They're one of the uh, top teams in the country in three-point to two-point shot ratio. Um, Rutgers does not have the greatest uh, perimeter defense. They rank in the 200s in the country. There's 358 teams in the country. Um, I think Bama can scratch it out against Rutgers. Let's kind of paste a four-point line on this game. I will take Alabama minus the four. But if Notre Dame plays against Rutgers or plays against Alabama, I think Notre Dame has the offensive firepower to keep pace with Alabama and keep that close. I would take the plus four with Notre Dame, but I, I think Bama can edge out both teams. How about you? Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you there. I think Notre Dame's three-point defense is very good uh, against a team who's shooting the sixth most threes in the country in Alabama. Um, I do think that it is a bit of a mismatch if Notre Dame does get the victory over Rutgers. So if we're setting the line at four, I will lay four with Alabama versus Rutgers, but I will catch four with Notre Dame against Alabama. But Alabama moves on to the second round nonetheless. Okay, so mismatch between Rutgers and Alabama on the three-point line, you're saying? Yeah, yes. All right, perfect, perfect. Um, the three versus 14 seed in this region, uh, the quadrant of eight teams will be playing in San Diego, or the quadrant of four teams will be playing in San Diego. Uh, Texas Tech enters 25 and nine out of the Big 12, and they'll play the winner of the Big Sky. They won the regular season and the conference tournament. Montana State, 27 and seven. This game will be played at 1.45 p.m. on TNT. Alabama will follow 30 minutes later. Texas Tech, they're a very good defensive squad, number one in the country in defensive efficiency. Do you see them shutting down the best in the big sky? So I don't necessarily see them shutting down Montana State completely. Uh, I think they're going to get the, the win here and move on. Um, I think Texas Tech, like you said, is a very good squad. Uh, I think a key for them is to just get their three-point percentage up. Um, if they can start knocking the deep ball down, that they're going to be able to move on in this tournament and maybe make another deep run. Um, but I do have them winning over Montana State uh, in this matchup. Yeah, like you said, uh, again, offense from the perimeter for Texas Tech is not necessarily their strength. 282nd in the country in efficiency there um, or shooting percentage there. Uh, the defense is great for Texas Tech, and the offense is kind of what is dragging them down 65th in efficiency in the country. Um, I look at this Texas Tech team and I don't think they can blow Montana State out here. Uh, they're laying 14 and a half. So you know what? I'm going to take Montana State plus 14 and a half. Not too comfortable with it because I do think there's a pretty big skill um, disadvantage, but I like Montana State catching points. Yeah, I agree. I think Texas Tech is very clearly the better team, but 14 and a half points is a lot for Texas Tech's offense to cover. The next game in the West Regional, we have probably the biggest storyline, in my opinion, on the seven and 10 seed matchups. Foster Lawyer, the transfer from Michigan State, Michigan native, goes to East Lansing, where you currently reside, Nick. And he's kind of the fan base's favorite little white guy. 
they root for him on to get to get onto the court in garbage time, and he can hit a couple of threes for him when they're up 25 against uh, Nebraska or whatever. But he was not happy with the minutes he was receiving with Izzo and the Spartans, so he transfers to Davidson. This game is going to be played in Greenville, North Carolina, against his former team. Home fans, uh, again, this is another situation, Davidson and South Carolina, they'll make the trip to North Carolina to watch this game. Sparty's always a good fan base. They'll show up too, um, especially with maybe Duke in the weeds on the other end of their little uh, four-teamer this weekend in North Carolina. What are you seeing here? Michigan State, the minus one-point favorite. Yeah, I like Michigan State uh, in this spot. I think Tom Izzo is just always a guy that you can kind of rely on in these early games in March. He he always gets these wins. This team is always just, you know, they're, they're going to get past these teams in the first uh, round or two. Uh, I like Michigan State here. I'm hoping uh, Malik Hall has a big game. I think they should look to him and look at uh, Bingham down low and get him the ball, and hopefully he gets some buckets too. Um, but I think Michigan State uh, squeaks out a win here. Yeah, so Davidson's one of the best offensive teams in the country, and you always know that Izzo's defense will show up in March. They were on a little bit of a losing skid from late February, early March, but in the Big Ten tournament, they showed up. They beat Wisconsin, which was a surprise to everyone, maybe saying, hey, we're back. We're in Spartan March form. We're coached by Tom Izzo. We have success in March. Um I just don't see there's any way in Michigan State losing to Foster Lawyer, who was just a bench player for them, now emerging as the number one player on this Davidson squad. Um, I'm going to lay the one, but I'm nervous about them maybe potentially going further or even winning this game. I don't think they have the number one score that they typically do in East Lansing. Um are you a believer in maybe Malik Hall stepping up his gameplay, or you said Bingham as well? Who do you think they will turn to as the number one scorer come March? Yeah, I, I agree where I am hesitant about them making a run, especially on this region of the bracket. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope they get Malik Hall the ball, especially beyond the arc. He's shooting it at 45%. Um, and I hope they find Bingham down low. I think these two are going to have to step up. Obviously, you have Gabe Brown as well, who is a very good player, and he is their leading scorer, but not by a large margin. Um, but you're right. They don't have a star player that they can rely on to get them 20-plus points a game. So it's going to have to be uh, scoring by committee, and these guys are all going to have to step it up. But I'm looking at Malik Hall and Marcus Bingham to be the two main pieces. We got to put our big brains on right now because Michigan State minus one might be free because the – Big, bad TV uh, producers, they want this second-round matchup between Tom Izzo and Coach K. Tom Izzo's team in uh, 2019, it was. They took out Coach K's maybe best team of all time with Zion and R.J. Barrett. Um, does Duke overlook the big, bad Cal State Fullerton Titans? Can Coach K lose to another double-digit seed like he has in the past in the 2010s? Does it happen for the first time in the 2020s? No shot. They're not going to let Coach K go out on a loss to a 15 seed. They're going to smoke these guys. They're going to move on. They're going to face his own the second round. And exactly like you said, I feel like this matchup happens every single year where it's Duke versus Michigan State. Uh, and they're going to get revenge from a couple years ago where Michigan State knocked them off uh, in the Elite Eight, I believe. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. 
So the line between Duke and Fullerton is minus 18 and a half. Now I feel like the motivation of the Blue Devil squad is a big question for me as well. You look at them in the final game of the regular season, North Carolina kind of kept pace with them in the first half and then ran away from them in the second half, beat them by like 10, I think it was. And then in the ACC tournament, they get blown out by Virginia Tech and that thing was never close. How what you're a big Duke fan. Do you think this team has the ability to get up for Coach K one last time in the tournament? Because, I mean, you want to win Coach K's last regular season game. You want to win Coach K's last chance at winning an ACC title game. I'm just not sold that I – or not quite sure if I'm sold on the ability of this team to step up to play at that ability. Are you? Yeah, I I am a believer in them. I think uh, that last game against UNC uh, was a rough one, I think you know, having a lot of pressure on them too. it being coach K's last regular season game, a bunch of NBA players being there, maybe it was just too much for them in that moment. So, you know, UNC bested us and, you know, the Virginia tech loss in the ACC tournament, they wanted to keep coach K at 69 ACC conference tournament wins just to have that in the record books. So yeah, we let Virginia tech squeak in, we gave them a spot, but they're going to get up for this game. They're going to, they're going to pound Fullerton. They're going to get their motivation back. They're going to get their momentum. They, they got to hype up, you know, themselves. They got to get their mojo back and, and winning this first game by 20 plus moving into Michigan state is going to give them that, you know, that good feeling that they're going to beat Michigan state too. So I'm going to be on Duke minus 18 and a half against Fullerton. And are you saying that the blue devils just decided to give Ryan Kramer some joy and let Virginia tech qualify for the NCAA tournament. And now they're going to step it up and just steamroll Fullerton, get through Michigan state or Davidson in the second round and make a magical run in March. Yeah, I think, you know, they, they reached out to me. I pulled some strings. I wanted Kramer to be happy that we let the Hokies in. So we let them, we let them win the tournament. We knew we were going to get a two seed anyway. So that game really didn't matter too, too much. So we can make everybody happy, you know? Okay. I, I, I'll say this for Ryan. We appreciate you doing that. It's better for the company that Ryan can have his team in here. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Let's move into the next regional. We're going top to bottom on your bracket on the left side. The East regional, the number one seed of this regional is Baylor. I'm not quite buying Baylor this year. It's a testament to Scott Drew that he was able to get his Bears as a number one seed this year with losing Jonathan Chamachachua, damn it, I keep messing up his last name, and then uh, LJ Cryer, who might be done for the year as well. They take on the 16th seed, Norfolk State. Um, Norfolk State's a 21-point dog. I don't think Baylor has the ability to blow out a team by 21 right now just because of the pieces that they've lost. I, I think Norfolk State is capable enough to cover this number. Not going to lock it. But what do you think, Nick? Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you. I know. Shout out to Baylor. They got their number one seed and they do deserve it. But uh, I completely agree with the pieces that they have right now. I just don't know if a 22 point win is really in their wheelhouse. Looking at their last couple games, uh, they beat Oklahoma State by two, Kansas by 10. I mean, they only beat Iowa State by seven before losing to Oklahoma uh, in the Big 12 tournament. So I just don't trust them covering a 22 point spread. I do obviously think they're going to win this game, but I'll, I'll take Norfolk State catching the 21 and a half. Okay, so this four teamer is being played in Fort Worth. Uh, Baylor's game will begin at two p.m. It's March 17th on TBS. The next game, the 8-9 seed, 
North Carolina, the ACC with a 24 and nine record will take on Marquette nine and 12, 19 and 12 out of the big East 30 minutes after the Baylor game. Are you going to take Duke's rival in North Carolina and side with some ACC teams come here March and kind of gang up on the rest of the conferences and say, Hey, you keep calling us uh, the weakest power five, power six conference of the year so far. We're going to show up in March. Are you taking UNC here? Uh, unfortunately, I kind of agree with those critics. I do think the ACC is in a pretty down year this year, obviously, besides Duke. Um, so I'm going to back Marquette here coming out of the Big East. Uh, they were like a surprising team come from the Big East. They had a really good run right there in the middle of the season, um, obviously dropping a couple games at the end to DePaul and Creighton. But I like Justin Lewis. Uh, I like what this Marquette team has. Uh, I think they're going to get a close victory here against North Carolina. I think this is going to be a great game. Everybody should be watching this one, um, but I'm going to take the Golden Eagles here. Okay, I, I'm i on the other side here. I do think the ACC was a little down, and North Carolina actually got a higher seed than I thought they should have gotten in an eight seed, but I think their path is actually quite favorable. You look at this matchup, and one matchup on the floor that stands out to me is 6'10", Armando Baycott, the best player, the center of North Carolina, Going up against the center or the stretch four of Marquette, Justin Lewis, um, I think there's a huge huge advantage uh, for North Carolina in this game. I like North Carolina to win it, and I think they can cover the minus three spread. Um, anything you'd like to say on backing up Marquette and Shaka Smart, who's kind of had some uh, early round stumblings over there at Texas before he went to Marquette here? Uh, I just think that maybe this is a reset for Shaka Smart. I think, you know, like you said, he did struggle at Texas, especially in the tournament. But I think this is a fresh start for him, and I'm hoping he makes a VCU-esque run and, and they make some noise. So we both differ here. You're on Marquette plus three and outright to win in the bracket. I'm on UNC minus three and to win in the bracket. Are you locking up Marquette? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, yeah, let's lock him up. Nick's locking them up. I'm not quite going to lock them up. I feel like this game could be close, um, but minus three. I feel like I'm jumping back and forth, minus three, plus three. It's going to be a close game, but I like North Carolina to win outright for sure. So take them on your brackets, in my opinion. Then we got the play-in game on this side of the bracket, the uh, 12 seeds between Wyoming and Indiana. Indiana, uh, as hot as you could get, in the Big Ten tournament, beating Michigan, beating Illinois, and stapling your presence in the NCAA tournament this year. Their loss in the Big Ten tournament was actually to the one team that you could argue was the hottest team in all of February, all of March, Iowa. They've only lost two of their last 13 games, I think the stat is. Um, and they lost the thing on a bank shot game-winning three by Jordan Bohannon. Indiana is very interesting to me, Nick. How do you feel about it? Yeah, Indiana is definitely a team that caught heat uh, moving into uh, March Madness, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the momentum. I think this team is very good. I think Jackson Davis is obviously the star player of the squad. He's very skilled down low. He's gonna be able to get his. Um, and you know, Wyoming is a very good team. I just think this Indiana team found themselves, and I think they're they're ready to go. I'm right there with you. I think they found their mojo in March in the tournament. 
And momentum is a good thing to have, but you can't have too much momentum in my belief. Um, in the last 10 years, since the first four, since 2011, we didn't have a tournament in 2020. Since 2011, the last 10 conference tournament winners have uh, lost. Their, so only two conference tournament winners have won the national championship, two out of 10. Um, I, I think it's great to have good momentum going into the tournament, but sometimes losing a game before your first March game to kind of get that taste of a loss again is good for the morale of a squad. And I like where Indiana's at and they're led by some uh, guards that have experience. They have um, Xavier Johnson, Jr., Parker Stewart, Jr., and Miller Kopp, the junior transfer from Northwestern, who shoots 45% from three-point range. Indiana is a dangerous team in March that I think could break, bust some brackets. And I'm going to take them firmly in Wyoming, against Wyoming. I won't lock their spread minus four. What are you going to do against the spread here? Yeah, I'm not going to lock it up either, but I really do like Indiana uh, winning this game and moving on to face St. Mary's. Okay, so let's touch on the St. Mary's game real quick. St. Mary's does have talent. They beat Gonzaga. They held Gonzaga to, uh, I think it, it was like under 65 points in their game. Gonzaga is the number one team in offensive efficiency in the country. On any given night, an offense could go cold, could go cold. And it's great to have a good defense to rely on come March. Now, do you buy that? And are you taking the gales of St. Mary's College? I, I do buy into what you said, but I am assuming Indiana is winning this playing game. I'm going to take Indiana to best St. Mary's in the spot. Uh, again, I just think Indiana is, is a better squad. Um, I think St. Mary's, they just don't have it in them to beat uh, Indiana. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Indiana here too. Uh, for me, I didn't really get into too much analysis against Wyoming. I think that is Trace Jackson Davis's game. Um, in the Big Ten, there's a lot of elite centers that beat each other up night in and night out. And Trace Jackson Davis, being a sophomore, kind of gets outclassed in some of those Big Ten games. But he really found his groove. And they took down Illinois and Kofi Coburn. I like him to just bully Wyoming down low with Maldonado. And uh, they're really a two-player team. Uh, the Cowboys are. And then getting into this game against the Gales, I think the guards can step up here. If you look at the game tape in the Gonzaga loss against St. Mary's, uh, St. Mary's held Gonzaga uh, and Drew Timmy. They held Drew Timmy to two points. Um, in the third game, in the WCC championship game, I wanted to watch it closely to see what the guards could do of Gonzaga. Gonzaga's starting three guards all put up 15-plus points, and I really buy Gonzaga as a national contender again. And if you look at that game tape, I think Indiana's three experienced guards could wreak havoc on the Gales from the outside, and they all shoot efficiently from the three-point ball, with the three-point ball, Cop uh, shooting in the 40s, Parker Stewart shooting 40%, and Xavier Johnson 30, 38%. Johnson's the clutch guy. Cop is the assassin from three. And don't sleep on Race Thompson either. He's a very talented power forward number uh, player in the four. I like Indiana a lot come March. And like I said, I think they can bust some brackets, and I want to be ahead of it. So um, Indiana minus four, I'm not sure. Did we get an answer from you what side you're going to be on? 
so minus four versus St. Mary's. Yeah, we'll we'll take that. Actually, I, actually, I, like, I should. I'm plus four, so they're going to be oh, plus four. Yeah, correct. Right? You're right. Because um, you would think the seed. I, that was my bad. I misspoke. You would think the okay. twelve seed would be the dog, correct? Yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. My yeah, apologies so, as well. I'm no, that's that's my fault. I misspoke. I'm willing to do this. Are you? Yeah, let's double lock it up. All right, Indiana against St. Mary's College in the first round, and that that is assuming they're a dog. <laughs> uh, Correct. So, if Indiana or the winner of Indiana St. Mary's, they will face in Portland, Oregon. The winner of UCLA, 25-7 and seven out of the Pac-12, Akron, 24-9, your MAC tournament champion automatic bid. They took down Toledo and Kent State to get there. Two very good wins. Um, the MAC kind of beat each other up. They're very battle-tested. Can they pull off an upset against last year's Cinderella Bruin team? No, I don't think so. I think this UCLA team is going to – it's going to make some noise again this year. I think Johnny Juzang, Hawkes, and Tyler Campbell in March are just kind of a trio that you're going to hear a lot of, obviously, with their run last year. But I think it's going to happen again this year. I think Johnny Juzang come March is just an unstoppable force. Um, he is just so good. Watching Tiger Campbell dish the ball out as well. He's getting four assists a game. He's going to be able to find his man, his open man, and they're going to knock shots down. And uh, UCLA is just too much for their Akron to handle. Yeah, the one player that you should keep your eye on in this matchup is Ali Ali from Akron. He's a game wrecker and has an ability to uh, take take down some UCLA big men and Miles Johnson, Cody Riley, who don't particularly play great defense down low. We've seen that against Arizona and USC, common losses in the big in the Pac-12 for UCLA. Ali Ali could win this game for Akron, but I just don't see that happening. I you said in the Twitter space the other day, Jaime Hawkes in March is a thing. This kid shoots 44% from the three-point three line in March, and his uh, season numbers are actually kind of pedestrian for what we expected to be a national player of the year, shooting 47% uh, from the field and only 36% from three. We expected that to be way up after his performance last March, I think. He's going to get hot, and as Juzang goes, this team goes. Tiger Campbell gets to facilitate him the ball. Tiger runs the offense like none other. His wacky hair, and then Jaime Jaquez as well. He dominates down low. He's kind of the stretch four, sometimes plays the three. Um, this is a dangerous squad again come March, a four seed that a lot of people have going pretty far. So um, UCLA is a 13.5-point favorite. Are you laying the points here? Yeah, with all those stats you said about Ju Zhang and the rest of the squad, uh, I, it's just too hard for me to not back them. They're shooting 74% from the charity stripe as well. So if it does come down to maybe an 11-12 point game and they get late fouled, they're going to be able to knock them down and, get, and cover the spread. Yeah, I'm all over UCLA with you. Um, next game, we come down to Milwaukee, or we go up to Milwaukee, Wisconsin for the sixth seed. This was maybe the hardest matchup for me to pick in uh, the NCAA tournament this year between Texas 21 and 11 coming out of the big 12 and Virginia tech 23 and 12. This game will be played around four 30 on TBS. Nick, what did you do here? 
Yeah, like you said, this is a very tough game to pick. Um, But I am going to back the Longhorns here. I do think they are a bit of a more skilled squad. While Virginia Tech definitely deserves their spot, um, winning out uh, the ACC tournament and and smashing Duke in that final, um, they deserve to be here. I just think that Texas is the better skilled team. Um, we need, they need to get Timmy Allen, uh, involved as much as possible. Uh, he is the key player for this Longhorn squad, uh, in games where he wasn't involved and not scoring as much as he should be. They definitely felt it and would drop some of those games. So my key player to watch for the Longhorns is Timmy Allen in this spot. Yeah. You like Timmy Allen and I have a Texas Longhorns fan as a roommate and he loves Timmy Allen as well and absolutely hates Marcus Carr and the way he's been playing as of late. And me watching Marcus Carr last year with Minnesota, he kind of seemed like a master of chaos, the high up-tempo offense that he would like to run because Minnesota let him do whatever he wanted to do with the ball once Liam Robbins was out for the year with injury. On Texas, Chris Beard kind of snaps the reins on him a bit. He pulls him back, doesn't let him run around with his head cut off and create plays. I think it hinders Carr's ability to be a good player on this Texas team. Texas is minus one, but I want to ask you this question real quick. We've seen it now at Texas Tech, where Texas Tech is a three seed under Mark Adams. Um, Would you take right now Mark Adams or Chris Beard to be your head coach of your new college basketball team? Uh, I, I like Chris Beard. I like what he did with Texas Tech and those in that few years with them. I mean, he obviously had led them to that run that they had. Um, it is a tough choice. Mark Adams is a very good coach, but I'm going to take Chris Beard. All right. I, I'm probably with you there, too. He had a great run to the Final Four with Texas Tech. Um, again, I'm probably with you here. Taking Texas, minus one, and to win in my bracket. Not very confident in it because Texas – and Purdue, our next team, are both very, very capable teams of getting upset in the first round. That's just the way they've been in years past. Um, Purdue, 19-11 and 11 out of the Big Ten, taking on the Ivy League Conference Tournament winner over Princeton, Yale. They're 19-11. and 11. Did I say Purdue's 19-11? Purdue's 27-7. and 7. Yale's 19-11. and 11. Um, Do you see the Bulldogs pulling off a 14-versus-3 seed upset here? Uh, no way. I think Purdue is just too big, too good of a team for Yale to handle. I honestly, I know Yale won the Ivy, obviously, but I still don't think they were the best team in the Ivy. I really thought Princeton was going to win that, uh, conference and we would see them come March, but you know, props to Yale, they got it done, but Jaden Ivy is just too fast, too athletic. Zach Eady, Travion Williams, Emlow are just way too big for the CL team. Um, if Stefanovic gets the ball open beyond the arc, I mean, there's no stopping yeah. that guy. He is electric. Yeah, I'm with you on Purdue here, and the line kind of reflects that Purdue minus 15. I'm going to lay that. I like the two big men down low and Travion Williams and Zach Eady. Like you said, Stefanovic, he can catch fire at any point. There was a game. I was watching earlier this year. He was like eight for eight from three through the first 12 minutes of the game. It was ridiculous. He can win a game on his own. But Zach, uh, not Zach, Jaden Ivey is one of the most talented guards in the game right now. And he's a surefire top 10 pick in the NBA right now. So uh, Purdue can win in many ways. It's just with the track, the track history of Matt Painter as head coach in March, it gives you a little bit of nervous energy. 
I'm going to take Purdue minus 15 because I believe in the squad. And <clears throat> the one stat that you said, they're much taller than Yale. I don't recommend other people to look at the stat for every game. But when you look in this game, in this matchup specifically, with Zach Eady and Travion Williams down low, Purdue is 17th in the country in height, average height on their roster with 78 and a half inches. Yale's 249th. I do think that the trees down low can win this game for Yale or they can outshoot them in the perimeter. It's like Purdue has many ways that they can choose to win this game. It's just, do they choke like they have in the past? Minus 15, I think it was that I said, um, are you on Purdue? Yeah, minus 15. Yeah, I'm all over the Boilermakers in this spot. I just think Yale is just not up to the level of Purdue. Okay, so that, again, having those two teams win – and the first round scares me a shitload because Texas and Purdue both just lose early every year. And it's just like, this is the most scary four team region, I think on the whole bracket. Um, let's move on to the, the game that I'm most excited to watch in the seven versus 10 uh, range. Murray state 30 and two out of the Ohio, Ohio Valley conference. They won the regular season and the tournament championship. They take on San Francisco out of the WCC. They benefited from a good West Coast conference and good schedule. They went 24-9. and um, Are you buying the national hype around the racers in Murray State? Yeah, I am, actually. I, I like the racers here. Uh, I know you lean towards the experienced older guys, but I kind of run with the young guns and the skill here. I think K.J. Williams uh, is a good leader for the squad. Uh, Brown also gets points scored. He gets the job done. I like the racers here. I think it's going to be a very close, very good game, um, but I'm going to back the racers here. Yeah, man, you stole my thunder in saying San Francisco is a very experienced guard team. They rely on them. Um, with Khalil Shabazz and Jamarie Bouye. I really like the San Francisco Dons team. And to be honest, uh, the matchup, I, I think they got a favorable 10 seed. And uh, I really like the Dons in this spot to take down Murray State in a 10-7 upset that I don't think a lot of people will have on their bracket. Uh, the spread is Murray State minus one and a half. What are you going to do here? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to lay it. I think that's just too close to, to think they're going to win out and not cover. So we'll, we'll take the racers. All right, I'm going to be on the Donson plus one and a half. Like I said, I have them winning on my bracket. Next game, the two seed, Kentucky Wildcats, 26 and seven out of the SEC. This game will be played at 7-10 on CBS. Uh, the Murray State game will follow 30 minutes later. St. Peter's Peacocks are the 15 seed. Um, one of Colby Dan's darlings this year uh, against the spread. They've been a covering machine. Um, do you think that they could pull off a miracle upset or just cover here? Um, well, I do think they'll be able to cover the spread in this spot. I don't think they're going to be able to get the outright win over Kentucky. I think uh, much like everybody does, Kentucky is definitely a contender for the national champion. Um Kentucky's just so good. They're going to be good uh, every year. You know, we'll exclude last year, but this team is good. Oscar, obviously, Oscar Shibway is uh, incredible down low. Um, while I do think St. Peter's, you know, is good, they're going to, they're a very common team, very good team. They're going to be able to stay within the number and the spread, but Kentucky gets the job done. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I do have a little bit of questions about St. Peter's on the glass. They, <clears throat> They're, they've been great so far this year in the MAAC, 
but you got Oscar Sheboy on the other side of the ball. That's going to be tough to out-rebound that guy or just stay within a couple of rebounds of him and keep your game or team within uh, 17 points here. I'm going to take Kentucky, but I'm not comfor- comfortable at all with the minus 17. Um, but, yeah, Kentucky, pencil them in, pen them in on your brackets against St. Peter's. All right. So before we get into how we think the West and the East regions will play out on our brackets, I want to tell you about the SGPN app. The I want to tell you about the WinBet app. I already told you about the SGPN app and the deal earlier. But WinBet, ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, and coming soon to Louisiana. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet is now offering a Bet the Underdog special. Bettors will receive a $25 free bet for every $50 winning wager on dogs greater than plus 300. That's a free $25 bet on top of your winnings. Patrons who wager at least $500 in the first and second round of the tournament will earn one entry into a drawing for a trip to win Las Vegas. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at W or winbet.com, W-Y-N-N-Bet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where you uh, where you bet through. Winbet is available. Uh, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Spring is sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for the summer of spring cleaning in your pants. Trust me, your confidence will be blooming like the flowers this upcoming spring. Time to clear out that winter bush and join the other 4 million men who trust Manscaped. Use code SGP to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Manscaped are the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game with their amazing performance package, 4.0. I know Nick has a woman over there, and I'm playing the field of 68 here at college. Uh, Manscaped is just perfect for both of us. Inside this ball care bundle, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver, toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is a pube assassin that is waterproof and equipped with an LED light, so you bet it's a major key to the new shower routine. Have you ever met someone that finds nose hairs attractive? The Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe te- skin technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose and ear holes. Also, the Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside, and this is so crucial for your balls to stop sticking to your leg. You'll also find the Crop Reviver Spray-On Toner for your balls, which will keep you smelling fresh down there just like spring flowers. Complete your grooming game this spring with new refined cologne signature scent by, by Manscaped. This stuff is legit and will have you smelling like royalty. If you purchase now, you will receive two free gifts, the Performance Boxer Briefs and Shed Travel Bag. Smell and feel good this spring. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. The college basketball experience is also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is here, and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball team futures. You can even find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Like Zach from California who who purchased a Tennessee championship ticket on PropSwap at 40 to 1 odds. While the sportsbooks are only offering 21, 25 to 1 odds right now. Now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are still high and cash out on prop swap when the prop swap when the tourney starts. Cinderella story, stories happen every year, so don't miss your shot. Hurry and download the free prop swap app today. Prop swap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value. Also, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all of the big sales and hot tickets for sale a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells their sports bets. Let's get into how we think the West Regional will play out on our brackets. Nick, give me your bracket, team by team, who's going to win, and if you like a future in a team making an appearance in a Sweet 16, a team making an appearance in Elite Eight, or making an appearance in a Final Four. All right, so let's break down uh, the games first, and then I'll lead into the futures. So to lead off, obviously, we have Gonzaga versus Georgia State. We got Gonzaga winning that one out. I have Memphis with a slight upset over Boise State. Uh, moving on to Connecticut versus New Mexico State. I love UConn. They're coming from the Big East. I'm really up on the Big East. Uh, I think they're going to take the Aggies out. We have Arkansas versus Vermont. I know you got the Catamounts here, but I'm going to back the SEC, have Arkansas moving on. Uh, we have the Alabama and what we presume to be uh, Rutgers. I will have Alabama besting either of those squads. And moving on, Texas Tech versus Montana State. Going to be a little bit of a close one than people might think, but Texas Tech gets the outright win. Michigan State going to beat up on Foster Lawyer and move on to face Duke in the second round. Then we'll go move back up. I have Gonzaga taking out Memphis and moving on to face Arkansas, who's going to take out UConn. Then in the Alabama versus Texas Tech game, I have Texas Tech beating Alabama to face Duke, getting revenge on Michigan State and them facing off in the Elite Eight. And then have Gonzaga beating Arkansas and Duke beating Texas Tech, uh, uh, moving on to the Elite Eight, excuse me. Um, then I have Duke besting Gonzaga moving on to the final four. You're With buying that, into Coach K this season, eh? I'm going to go all in. It's the last year I get to watch Coach K. I'm hoping they win it out for him. Uh, you know, it is kind of sad. I was thinking about it the other day watching their last couple of games, and it was kind of sad. I, you know, I've been he's been there my whole life since I've been watching him, been a fan, been rooting for him. Um, so, you know, I hope they get it done for him. It's going to be tough. They have a very, very tough road. This region is going to be a gauntlet. Um, so my futures for the West, I have Duke plus 375 to win the West. Um, I also like Texas Tech plus 550 to win the West. I know that in my bracket, and I'm sure in a lot of people's brackets, they have them facing off in the Sweet 16. I'm very adamant on 
that game being the winner of this region. Uh, it's going to be hard, obviously, facing Gonzaga um, in the Elite Eight, but I really, really think the winner of that game is going to win the region. Um, so besides those two winning, uh, I love Duke plus 500 to make the Final Four um, and Duke to the Elite Eight plus 140. Uh, right. Those are my futures. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> okay, so my bracket in the West kind of looks a little bit like this. I have Gonzaga beating the 16 team, uh, 16 seed like a chainsaw through hot butter. Then I like Boise State with a little bit of fan advantage, home home court advantage against uh, Memphis. I think they'll turn them over, get the win out right there. Um, and then I have Gonzaga beating Boise State pretty easily. Um, then I have UConn beating New Mexico State and Vermont taking down Arkansas. Both of those teams, I think, will have fan bases travel to Buffalo, both pretty close in vicinity to those uh, areas. Um, but give me UConn plus 125 to get to the Sweet 16. And you know what I'm going to do to that? I'm going to lock it up. Plus 125 UConn to make a Sweet 16 appearance. Then we go to the bottom of the bracket. Alabama will either play Rutgers or Notre Dame. I think they'll play Rutgers, but I think Rutgers has the matchup disadvantage against Bama, where Notre Dame might be able to keep pace with Bama and maybe beat Bama. But I'm going to be safe, hedge myself out, take Alabama to win against either team. Alabama will then lose to Texas Tech, and Texas Tech will go to the Sweet 16. Then I have Michigan State beating Davidson in Greenville, North Carolina. I don't think. Um, Michigan State will allow themselves to lose to a bench player last year, uh, a transfer that just wants desperately probably wants revenge against his uh, old team and old coach. I think Tom Izzo against Coach K in the round of 32 is meant to be. Those are my two teams facing off. And I think Coach K can get the best of Izzo for one last time. I think it's a moment meant for TV. Duke then beats Texas Tech in the Sweet 16. Gonzaga beats UConn. UConn or Gonzaga, I have beating Duke. I don't think there was any really good value on Texas Tech, Duke, Gonzaga throughout the tournament. And as you can see at the end, I found Gonzaga minus 180, um, a heavy favorite to come out of that regional to go to the Final Four. I'm pretty comfortable with that pick as a Final Four uh, selection. And I know um, if there's one other team, I think, Maybe they can get some magic in March. I would take Duke plus 375 on the win bet sportsbook um, to make an appearance in a final four. Uh, Nick, what does your East regional look like? All right. So we're kicking it off with Baylor versus Norfolk state. Well, I think Norfolk is going to be able to stay within the 21 point spread. Baylor is going to move on and we have North Carolina Marquette. I got the golden Eagles and Shaka smart squeaking out a close victory over North Carolina there. Um, we have St. Mary's versus the first four game, uh, which is Wyoming versus Indiana. Um, I have Indiana winning that game and then Indiana actually upsetting St. Mary's and moving on. Then we have UCLA playing against Akron. I have UCLA and Johnny Juzang beating them. Then we have the close game that we uh, talked about before in Texas versus Virginia Tech. I'm going to 
uh, hesitantly take Texas in this close game. It does feel like a buzzer beater, last shot, last free throw type of game. Um, so let's hope we're on the right side of that. Then we have Purdue versus Yale. Purdue is going to uh, coast by Yale and move on. Then we have the Racers versus Dons and Murray State in San Francisco. We're going head-to-head there. I'm taking Murray State to move on. And then we have Kentucky versus St. Peter's, where Kentucky is just the all-around better squad, and they're going to move on. Then in the second round, I do have Baylor beating Marquette. I have UCLA beating Indiana and moving on to face Baylor in the Sweet 16. I move down to the two teams that always tend to choke in the tournament. I'm going to side with the better skilled team in Purdue. I think if one of these teams is going to choke, uh, I'm hoping it's Texas. I think Purdue is just very, very good, um, and I hope they get it together this year. Then we have Kentucky versus Murray State. I got Kentucky moving on to face Purdue in the Sweet 16. In the one versus four matchup, I have UCLA actually upsetting Baylor uh, to move on to the Elite Eight. And then I have Kentucky besting Purdue. Uh, I, I think Purdue just maybe isn't set up to get to the Elite Eight. Uh, I know, we, again, we talked about them choking out and losing earlier than a lot of people expect. Kentucky's a great opponent, so I wouldn't say that it's too much of a letdown spot if they do lose. But I'm going to go with the Blue Blood and go with Kentucky. Then in the UCLA-Kentucky game, I think maybe the Magic stops short here and Kentucky and Oscar Sheway move on to face Duke in the Final Four. It's Again, it's a chalk play, chalk teams that I have coming out, but I think these are the right plays. Kentucky's just very good um, in this stacked side of the bracket. I think they get out. So in terms of futures, Kentucky is the favorite at plus 150. I do like that. Um, I'll hedge a little bit and that I think they will be playing UCLA. So I will take UCLA also at plus 350. And then for a little dark horse, I know we alluded to it earlier, talking about Indiana and how hot they've been. Indiana is plus 3,000 to get out of this region. I think it may have some value. I think obviously they're going to have a gauntlet facing UCLA in the second round. Um, and then if that plays out the way that I expect it will, they have to also play Baylor and then what I assume is Kentucky. So they're going to have a very, very hard road, but plus 3,000 does have some value. Yeah, man, you're stealing my thunder. Let's get into my bracket where I also have Indiana going quite far. Um, Baylor gets through the 16th seed Norfolk State. UNC wins a very close battle against Marquette, but I do think that UNC had a matchup advantage against Marquette. I think they have an even better matchup advantage against Baylor. Baylor, a very guard-led team. They're without LJ Cryer, their leading scorer there, without Jonathan Chamachua. Fuck, I fucked it up again. Damn it. That's like the hardest name in college basketball to pronounce. Um, he's out for the year as well. So North Carolina and Armando Baycott should dominate down low against the on the glass, and also they have the guys to compete on the outside, on the perimeter, to guard Baylor's guards and uh, their love of shooting mid-rangers and perimeter shots. I like UNC to pull off an upset against Baylor, sprinkle a little bit, a half a unit, a quarter of the unit, um, plus 350 North Carolina to make an appearance in the Sweet 16. Then um, we move down. I have Indiana beating Wyoming. Trace Jackson Davis is going to be the player of the game that game. And then I have the guards stepping up for Indiana against St. Mary's. So they have the upset against St. Mary's. I want to mention this. Um, the 5-12 seed, that is the spot that you want to pick your upsets in. Uh, since 2010, as a 5 seed, a major 6 conference tournament team, uh, a major 6 team wins eight, 68% of the games uh, in the 5-12 matchup. Um, 
as a five seed. Minor conference teams win 40% of the matchups as a five seed. As a 12 seed, major six conferences win 63% of these matchups. And as a 12 seed, minor conferences win 33% of the uh, matchups. Um, major six in these games since 2010, 28 and 17. Minor conference, 16 and 30. Um, I have these. I have the stats written down. So when both five 12 seeds are major conference, the 12 seed wins 66% of the time. When both five 12 seeds are minor conference teams, the 12 seed wins 62.5% of the time. If it is major six versus major six or minor versus minor, pick the 12 seed. History shows that the 12 seed wins more often. And if it is major six versus minor, history shows that the major six team wins more often. Um, TikTok is a great place to find college basketball data. Thank you at Backseat Coach. That video is great. So Indiana will then face UCLA, who gets through Akron. Then I have Indiana beating UCLA, giving them a taste of their own medicine from last year. This first four team gets into the Sweet 16. That's plus 550. I like it. Sprinkle a half a unit, a quarter unit on Indiana getting the Sweet 16 because the Sports Gambling Podcast, great podcast. Everybody go listen to it if you haven't uh, dabbled with it already. If you just listen to the college basketball experience, we are uh, uh, the founding podcast is the Sports Gambling Podcast. So they have betting commandments for March Madness. One of those commandments is thou shalt respect play-in games. Since 2011, only once did a play-in team not make the round of 32. And five of those 10 years since 2011, 2020, there was no bracket. A team has played into the second weekend, which is the Sweet 16. And two of the 10 years, there have been a Final Four team from the first four games. So Indiana is my team that I like this year. I think this that has to be the team that makes the run out of the first four. I don't see Rutgers, Notre Dame, or Wyoming doing it for me. So Indiana Sweet 16 plus 550. Texas edges out Virginia Tech barely. Um, Purdue beats Yale. I hate this quadrant, but give me Purdue over Texas. Then San Francisco in a little bit of an upset special to be contrarian. I know a lot of people want to play that Murray State team, and then they want to get to that matchup of the two Kentucky schools playing against each other, Murray State and Kentucky, but I don't quite have it going out that way. Uh, San Francisco plays Kentucky in many, in Indianapolis, um, and Kentucky wins that game. Kentucky then beats Purdue, and Kentucky is minus 110 to get to the Elite Eight, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to lock out, I'm going to lock up Kentucky, minus 110 to get to the Elite Eight. And then I have North Carolina and Indiana and my other Sweet 16 in this region. I have this region completely blowing up. Give me Indiana to make an Elite Eight appearance, plus 1,600, sprinkle a quarter of a unit on that play. But give me Kentucky. The cream rises to the top. Kentucky is plus 150. They're the favorite to win the region. I have them going to the Final Four. My second favorite team to win this region is actually Purdue. I've, co I've commented throughout this podcast I hate that quadrant of four teams, but I feel like Purdue could compete with Oscar Sheebway on the boards um, with Travion Williams and Zach Eady. Give them good competition and fits, and Purdue could win that game outright. 
then Purdue and Indiana would be electric in the Elite Eight. Give me Purdue again to win that game. Purdue would be plus 400. But like I said, I love Indiana. I love the momentum they have. Plus 3,000 is definitely what I'm going to be sprinkling as well. So those are my predictions and futures for the East region. Nick, would you like to say anything else before we head out here and head into the second part of the podcast? No, I'm just so excited for March. Like I said, this is my favorite time of the year. I'm sure it is. Uh, everybody's this tournament is going to be awesome. I'm so excited to have it be back and let's go, baby. Yeah, man, I'm ready. Um, and before we head out, we just want to say you better know what we're locking up. First half unders, they're 26, seven and three. It is another betting commandment is the number one betting commandment. Thou shall bet all 36 first half unders. 26, seven and three, 79% last year. The first 10 games hit. That parlay paid out $3,000 for a $100 bet. I think it was, or maybe it was $10, not quite sure. Since 2011, since the first four was implemented in the NCAA tournament, it is hitting at 59%. There has been only three losing seasons when you bet all 36 first half unders. Generally, when you bet unders, you wait until the game happens because a lot of people that are casual watchers, they want to jump in and root for points to be scored. So they bet the first half over. Well, you know what? There's a lot of nervous energy when it comes to the NCAA tournament. And the books know that people want to bet these overs. So they set those numbers really high. You just come in and you take the first half under with the logic that, hey, some teams will be nervous and shots will be bricked. The Sports Gambling Podcast is partnered with the Win Sportsbook and has tens of thousands of listeners. So jump on this first half underlines as soon as they come out. They came out this morning, actually. And what happened was, is I think they tried to take advantage of sharps that wanted to hop on it right away. Um, we have a guy in the Slack channel. Join our Slack channel. Uh, college basketball channel is electric this time of year. A guy named Landon kept data of the last three years we've been doing this first half unders thing and the lines opened up a half a point and a half uh lower than they usually do so they're trying to capitalize on the sharps hammering the under right when the lines come out so what we're going to do is we're going to wait until these games start hopefully that line comes up with the casuals batting the overs here and the under uh the value goes up so that's what we're going to do we're locking all 36 up and um that's it from me nick uh i hope you have a great night and we're out of here <laughs>